to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. Hey, why don't we turn back in our text? Uh, we're picking up Luke 18, picking up in verse 18. So Luke 18, verse 18, if you can open up. The title of our message this morning is God's Speciality, the Impossible. God's Speciality, the Impossible. Do you know that we have a God that can do the impossible? As believers, every one of us should say, yes, I, our salvation is impossible without the work of God working in our lives. And so often he does the impossible. Man is limited, but God is not limited. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah, and I can hopefully put that up, Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. I love this verse. Is there anything too hard for me? And it's the Lord speaking and saying, I'm the Lord. Do you think there's anything that's too difficult for me, too hard for me? And what is our answer to that? No. There is nothing too difficult for the Lord. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. God can do anything. He's limitless. There's no limit to God. Before we get into our text, I remember, uh, remember the story that a group of scientists got together and they decided, you know, because they are so advanced in science and technology, they, they decided, uh, you know, together that we don't need God. So they picked one of the, the head scientists to go meet with God. So he went to meet with God. He says, God, you know, we've come such a long way. We can do anything you can do. And so we really don't need you. So um, we're just going to, you know, tell everybody there is no God, that we don't need a God. And God patiently was listening and says, well, how about this? I'd like to have a little challenge. And the scientist says, okay, what is it? Anything. He says, well, I want you to make a human being. And he says, okay, we can do this, no problem. So they got all the scientists together. They went out, they grabbed a bunch of dirt from the ground. And God says, no, 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 no. Use your own dirt. (laughs) I created that. And that's how it is. God makes something out of nothing. We have a God that can do anything he wants because he's God and he's able to do anything. And I believe sometimes in our own life, we can limit God, can't we? I know I can But it's good to be reminded of the fact that we have a God of impossibility. He can do anything he wants. He can do anything. Nothing is too difficult for our God. Amen? Amen. So let's go ahead. With that, let's, uh, let's look at our text, this wonderful story of the rich young ruler. Verse 18, Luke 18. Now a certain ruler asked him, Jesus, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do? You might want to circle and underline, I do. What must I do or what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. And he said, All these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, You still lack one thing, sell all that you have, And distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. 
And those who heard it said, who can be saved? Who then can be saved? But he, Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Then Peter said, see, we have left all and followed you. So he, Jesus said to them, surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parent or brothers or wife or children for the sake of of the, God, of the kingdom of God, for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. What a story. We've been looking at Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. While he's making his way to Jerusalem, he's been giving much instruction to the multitudes and to his disciples, even to his enemies. He's been rebuking his enemies, and he, he's training his disciples, and he's talking you know, so much about so many different things as we've been looking at. The last thing we looked at, if you, if you recall, remember the parents were bringing the infants to Jesus and the disciples. Remember that? The disciples were like, no way, stop, stop. You know, basically, he's too busy for children. Go, you guys get out of here. And when Jesus saw that, he says, no, no, don't do that. Bring the children to me, for such is the kingdom of God. And he said, you need to be like a child in order to enter the kingdom of God. And that's where he left off. Then it says in another gospel, so after that, he's leaving that scene. He's, he's, he's walking away, and this rich young ruler that we just read about, he comes running to him. That doesn't say that in this uh, gospel, but another gospel says, comes running to Jesus. And not only did he run, he ran to him, and he fell on his knees before Jesus. He was very sincere. And he had questions, and he wanted to, you know, he's seeking the Lord. He, so Jesus is, is, is encountering this rich, young ruler, and he says in verse 18, let's take a look. It says, now a certain ruler asked him, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That's his question. What shall I do? What can I do to go to heaven? Not, not what can God do for me, or what, what has Jesus Christ done for me, or uh, you know, what is your way, God? How do you say I go to heaven? No, what, what do I do? And if you ask people, you know, most of the time you'll say, you, know, you talk about heaven, and they say, well, I think I'm going to go to heaven you know, because I just try to do my best. I used to say that. Did you used to say that before I was a Christian? Oh, I'm a good person. I used to say, uh, you know, I didn't murder anybody. I try, I don't steal. I don't do things. And it's like, it's what I do to get to heaven. It's my way, earning my way, making my way to heaven. This is what I'm going to do. And that's, that's the way he's coming to Jesus. What must I do? No humility, but it, there's a sense of pride in there. What, what am I going to do? And it's, it's, you know, how good can I be? In another uh, translation, it talks about, you know, how good, you know, what good thing he said can I do? A while back, I, I went to seize candy to help support my wife's chocolate addiction. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I think it's more of an obsession. It's not an addiction, I think. No, no, no. <laughs> Just joking. But there was a young girl behind the counter, and, and she was new, first time I've ever seen her. I know most of them by first name, but... <laughs> and what, as I'm in line, my wife knows. She, she knows I'm just joking with her. But she does have a problem. Pray for her, please. <laughs> but as I'm standing in line, there's this new girl there, and I'm, I just, I don't know if you do this. I, I recommend this. While I'm waiting to talk to her, I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, give me an opportunity just to, you know, to, to talk about you. And I'll tell you what, if you make a practice of that, God will open doors for you. And I did that with this young lady. I'm just like, you know, open a door, Lord. I don't, you know, I don't want it to be uncomfortable. You know, hi, I'm Joe, praise God. Jesus died on the cross for your sin. I don't, you know, there's, I want to be able to ease into this a little bit. 
So I'm praying, I'm praying, you know, and I finally get to her, and I, I notice she has a little angel pin on her shirt, so I pointed it out. I says, oh, I like your little angel pin, and that's great. I said, are you a Christian? She goes, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I says, wonderful, that's awesome. And I go, what church do you go to? She goes, oh, I go to such and such Christian church, this, that. And I go, yeah, that's so wonderful, that's great. And I'm just going to leave it at that, you know, and I says, well, well I, I, what about heaven? Do you, you know, do you believe you're going to go to heaven? She goes, oh, I know definitely I'm going to go to heaven. I go, for sure? She goes, no doubt about it. And I was all ready to leave it alone. I'm saying, praise God, you know, she's a Christian, you know, high five. all." And then I says, well, why would, you know, why are you going to heaven? What's, what, what's the reason? She goes, because I'm a good person. And I just left it at that. I just thought, you know, just leave. No, 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 no. No way. And I says, as a matter of fact, I just read that where Jesus said there's only one good and it's God. And it's in our text. There's only one good, it's God. God's the only good person. And we, I believe, as, even as believers, I say this sometimes. Oh, he's such a good person. And he's such a good guy. I like that sister. She's such a good person. And I, we do that. But truly, if you really boil it down, according to the Bible, there's not one good. We're all sinners saved by grace. Proverbs 20, verse 6, if you take note, most men will proclaim each one his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? And I believe that we're seeing that in this story. Each one, you know, will proclaim their own goodness. He's proclaiming, what can I, good thing can I do? But, but we're to be faithful and to turn to the Lord and, and ask him, you know, you know, what do you want? So as, don't lose the story, as, uh, as this man is wanting to know, he's on his knees, he's asking Jesus, what good thing can I do? How good can I be? And I believe Jesus puts a kibosh to this whole thing right away. Look at verse 19. He says, so Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? And as we just talked about this, he said, no one is good but one that is God. And you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder. And he goes through the whole, you know, these different commandments. And then this young man said in verse 21, all these I've kept from my youth. And I believe, I truly believe, Jesus was trying to, to tell him, you know, you're, you're talking about being good and doing good things. And Jesus is saying, wait a second, I want to get something right clear right off the bat. You can't be good enough. There's no one good, only one, it's God. And also, you know, Jesus himself is God in the flesh. So, you know, he's good and he's God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. But I believe the point is, is he's trying to show him you can't be good enough. There's only one good. Don't think about, you know, doing good things to get to heaven. And then I believe he was trying to use the, the Ten Commandments to bring conviction to this young man to say, you know, you did this wrong. You, you know, these are the commandments and it should bring conviction. But it didn't bring conviction. He was like, yeah, pretty, you know, I've kept these from my youth. And he's still in his pride. I want to make this clear, and I'm sure many of you already know this. The Ten Commandments were never given to us as a stepping ladder that we might climb our way to heaven. The Ten Commandments pinpoints our sin, and it defines it. It makes us realize how bad we really are. The Ten Commandments shows us that we need someone to do for us what we are not able to do for ourselves. As I heard a pastor say just recently on the radio, the test papers came in. Everyone has their grade, and we all receive an F when it comes to being good because there's not one good. And sometimes this man, as we're looking at the story, he believes the Ten Commandments. Okay, I, oh, I did this one. Okay, I can do this one. I can do, I've done that one. I'm doing, and it's like he's going you know, to earn his way. He's going to make his way up to heaven by keeping these Ten Commandments. And Jesus says, you can't do that. And he's trying to make it clear, but he's not getting it. And then so we got Romans 3.10, as it's written, Paul the Apostle writes, there is, not, there is none righteous, no, not. How many are not righteous? No, not. 
There's not one righteous without a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's not one righteous, right? Psalm 14.3, they have all turned aside, it says. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not none. That's the bad news. The good news is, for by grace you've been saved, Ephesians 2.8, through faith. And that's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, like this young man was trying to do, lest anyone shall boast. I know we know this, everybody. But we're to be reminded, for by grace you've been saved. Unmerited favor you've been saved just by believing through faith, not of works. And it says, lest anyone shall boast. Do you understand what that means? If, let's say we did it by works. Like this, let's say this rich young ruler, he, he's saying, okay, I did all those, Lord. And then he says, well, you know, this one you need to do. So I'll go do that. I'll conquer that too. And I'll do it all. And then we'd get to heaven and he would be up there and he'd be boasting. Hey, I met with Jesus one day. Yep. And he told me I was lacking one thing and I just did it. And I'm just, I'm here. And I, I'm the best, probably the best works person there's in heaven. And then you would stand up and say, wait a second, I'm even better than you are. Look at what I did. And heaven would be a boasting party. We'd be up there boasting what we did. But no one gets in. We boast in the cross. We boast in Jesus Christ. We boast in the fact that we were sinners saved by grace and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us and that we're in there by grace. I believe it's going to be more like, wow, you made it? <laughs> you made it. <laughs> I never thought you would make it. What are you talking about? This man's covering up his sin instead of saying, yes, I'm a sinner, Lord. I went to Trader Joe's a while back and had a bunch of canned goods and stuff. So the cashier lady, she says, well, you know, do you want a box for all that? And I says, yeah, that'd be great, you know. So she called someone to bring a box over. They brought this a wine box. <laughs> no big deal, right? So she puts the wine case thing in my my. Uh, my cart, and they're filling up all these cans. And I'm looking around. I'm thinking, does anybody see me from church? And I'm thinking, I tell everyone I don't drink, you know, and I don't drink, but I, I don't want to be walking out the store with a case of wine, you know? I just don't want to do that. And like, the lady's like, is everything okay? I said, yeah, everything's fine, you know? I wanted to say, no, get the box out of here. I don't want your box. But I was already nice to her and said, yeah, I want a box, you know, so here I am with a box. I'm literally going out the store. I'm covering up the box with other groceries. I'm pulling stuff out. I'm like pulling it out, looking around the parking lot, making my way to my car, making sure nobody's, I'm just paranoid. <laughs> covering it up. And then I went home and I was sneaking out to the dumpster, making sure no one is watching. Crazy stuff. Ripping it up in pieces, taking one piece at a time. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> But I believe people do that with sin. They just try to cover it up. Like, like you, know, you know, nobody's going to see this. And God says, just expose it. Bring it before me. Is there anything you're trying to cover up this morning that's hindering your walk with Jesus Christ? I'd like to encourage you, just confess it to him. He already knows. And he's bigger than sin. He's greater than sin. Every freedom that I've received is by exposing it before the Lord and saying, Lord, I can't stop doing this. Lord, this is terrible. Lord, help me. I need your help. I need your power. I need your spirit. I need you, God, to take this away from me. This is sin. You call it sin. Confession is agreeing with you. I agree what you say, God. You say it's sin. I agree with you. I don't have the power to stop. I'm turning away from this, Lord. I'm repenting. But I need your power by your Holy Spirit to bring deliverance that I might walk in freedom.
And that's what Jesus was trying to do with this young ruler. But he wouldn't do it. Back in your text, if you can. Verse 22. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. I just hear the, the, the endearment from his words. You know, I want to give you great treasure. I want you to follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Verse 24, and when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 25, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I believe Jesus was putting his finger right on the problem. This man was possessed by his possessions. He was just bound in materialism. Money and possessions were his God. And Jesus just put his finger on it. And I believe just to set him free, to say, okay, you, you think you're good in all those areas, but guess what? What about this area? You said, what shall I do? Okay, you want to do something? This is the one thing that you can do that you're bound in. This is your God. Are you ready to release that God to me and turn it over? And he went away sorrowful. He wasn't set free. God wanted to, to, to liberate him. Jesus wanted to liberate him, but he wasn't willing. And by the way, just for a side note, this is the first time Jesus ever asked anyone to sell everything. Into, it's not that it's a, this is a doctrine. You know, some people take, oh, you know, we're, we're, we have a vow of poverty and everybody's got to be poor. And, you know, no, this is the first time he, he, he asked this. But if materialism is your God, then you need to get rid of materialism. You need to repent from that. And I believe in Orange County and where we live today, materialism is a big sin that people are bound in. I was bound in it. I was possessed by my possessions. I didn't think so at the time, but, you know, money and, and success and, and all that stuff, it, it ruled my life. Now Jesus Christ rules me. Anything that you have that you place before God that you worship or you are totally focused on, can be a God in your life. It can be a sin in your life. And I believe, again, this was, he was putting his finger on it. There's many things that I believe, you know, there's, that, you know, we're, there's just things that people are, are bound in. I believe many times it's just one thing. And Jesus was able to, to narrow it down to one thing. And, and for you, it, it might be, a, you know, something different. It might not be materialism. It could be pleasure. It could be sex outside of marriage. It could be drunkenness. It could be your work. It could be your God. Some people, education. I don't understand. I, I'm sorry, Lord, help me with this. But I, I see people, that, yeah, they got their master's in this, and then they go on their doctorate, and then they get another master's and another doctor's and another. They're just like, and it's like, it's like, that's their God. I mean, that's fine. Education is wonderful, but not if you put it first before God. And Jesus is putting his finger on it. Someone once said, check this out. God doesn't want to make us comfortable, but conformitable to the likeness and image of his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if anyone wants to come after me, let him take up his cross. We change it to let him take up his couch. Jesus says, if anyone wants to come after me, let him take up his cross and deny himself. We say, oh, let's pull up the couch. I'm going to come after Jesus. I'm going to just rest in him. And there is a rest in Jesus Christ, but there's also sacrifice. And I believe if you ask Jesus Christ to put your finger on that place in my life, show me that place in my life, show me what is keeping me from a full relationship with you, he'll put his finger on it. But the question is, are you going to go away sorrowful like this young man? Or are you going to go away rejoicing? And I find even in my personal walk with Jesus Christ, you know, I'm constantly saying, okay, Lord, what else is there? And he's like, and sometimes I'm afraid to ask that anymore. It's like, because <laughs> there's always something in our lives that God wants to set us free from. 
As I look at the story, I think about the fact that what do we value most, the physical or the spiritual? What do we value most? What do we put value on the most, the physical or the spiritual? This rich young ruler valued the physical over the spiritual. How about us? It was funny. Uh, Pastor Chad and I, we went to the storage. We have a storage unit. We're keeping things in. And so we had to go there to pick something up for the labor of love outreach. And so when we got there, there was a lady there by herself. And she was in the elevator. And she had this, you know, this dolly thing filled with different stuff. You know? So you know, we asked her if we can help. She goes, no, I got it. And I'm looking, I'm looking at her. And she's a tiny little thing. I said, I said, no, it's no problem. She goes, oh, do you mind? I said, no, I don't mind at all. So just wheeled the, you know, the dolly thing out for her, brought it to her little unit there. And then this stuff looked heavy. So I just took it off and stuff. And then uh, so just said, hey, you know, this is what we do and whatever. And I just walked away and thinking, you know, just praying for her. Let Lord open a door. You know? So I walk away. And, Chad and I were by our unit. Then she walks out with a beer bottle in her hand. She goes, hey, do you guys have a a bottle opener? And just for a split second, the pharmaceutical thing in me was like, I'm a pastor. I don't have a beer bottle. And I was like, what do you think? That's stupid. So I said, no, I don't have a beer bottle, but I, you know, I can open it for you. So I grabbed it, you know, and I put it on the, there's a rail there and I popped it off like this. (laughs) Check this out. When I did that, it shot up in the air and it started spraying all over me. So we told her, you know, at that point, you know, hey, this is, I smell like a brewery. That's funny. You know, we're pastors. And she's like, you're a pastor? Yeah. And all that, you know, I didn't even, truthfully, when I looked at it, it said tropical ale. You know, dummy me, I'm thinking, it may not even be a beer. But when I opened it, I mean, I smell like a brewery. I mean, you could smell me from a mile away. So I went into the restroom to wash up. I go ahead and ask the guy for a key. You know, I open up the door and I'm like, you know, just reek like a beer. He knows I'm a, I've been sharing with this guy, you know, reeking like beers. Like, yeah, great. You know, and I'm ready to explain myself. I'm like, I'm not even going to go there. Just like, if you have a key, yeah, give me the key. Yeah, I need to wash up. You know, just rough, rough day. Yeah, I'm just washing up. <laughs> As I'm washing up, I felt the Lord speak to my heart in a strong way. Go back and talk to that young lady. And it was wonderful, you know. I'm just, okay, Lord. And so we went back, Chad and I, we gave her an invite to the the outreach. And she says, you know, I really, I am a Christian. She said, I'm so embarrassed, you know. I brought the beer. Don't be embarrassed. God loves you. God sent us here. There's no mistake. This is a divine appointment. And then she says, she's from Utah. Chad says, I'm from Utah. Then she says, you know, I'm from such and such city in Utah. She goes, I'm from that city. They're like, no way. And she, she says, I'm such and such age. She goes, I, he says, I'm your same age. And said, no way. Then they says, you know, she says her mother's name is Bonnie. And, and Chad's like, my mother's name is Bonnie. Now I'm like, <laughs> either one of these guys are lying or something's going on. And something was going on big time. And I said, can we pray for you? And just felt the presence of the Lord there in such a powerful way. And as we prayed over this young lady, sweet young girl, she's just, you know, opening up her heart, telling us all the hard things she's going through. Her mother's, you know, going through some real uh, serious issues with her health, and she's trying to take care of her. She's trying to make it on her own. She's, and then she, so we prayed over her, and she's just, I mean, weeping and crying, and there's everything. Fluids are flying out all over. She's just weeping. <laughs> The hand of the Lord was just working. And we, you know, I think of that. And we were able, by the grace of God, to focus on the spiritual in the midst of the physical. I believe it's a battle every day to focus on the spiritual in the midst of the physical. 
but we can do all things through Christ that gives us strength. And God wants us to take these situations that are physical. And I believe the more physical they are, when, when something like that happens to me, I get excited because I'm like, Lord, this, you know, I'm such an idiot. You know, I got beer all over me. And I'm like, Lord, then it just makes me press in to think, you know, this is all just fine and dandy. But God, what do you want to do in the midst of this situation? Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. Glory.